You're listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And on today's episode, we're going to die, do a deep dive into politics. Yay! <laughs> Everyone's favorite topic. <clears throat> People just crash their car. Well, no. they never talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the exact point I want to get into is people are probably driving their car. So what I want to do is I want to kind of put you in the hot seat today, Brian, okay. and look at and examine one of the blog posts you put on saltybeliever.com. Okay. Because most people probably don't read this while they're driving. I hope not. But you recently posted something entitled Seven Warnings for Christians During This Election Season. Yep. And I don't think you were talking so much about the 2023 elections. <laughs> it's, it's hard to believe, but I, we're already really diving in and looking at the tw- presidential election uh, next year. Everybody's thinking uh, right? November 5th, 2024, baby. Absolutely. So I want to... I want to dive. Which, which, incidentally, right now in your district, but not my district, there's a there's a provisional election right now for a U.S. representative. Correct. I don't live in the same district you do, though. So elections are happening between right. then and now. But right. I think everybody's looking to that one. And, right? like, and, like, and your blog post on here is very helpful. And I, but it felt a little generic. That it had some keys and warnings for basically any election. But I want to dive in specifically in the presidential election because we just had a Republican primary debate. Yep. Uh, Which, you, that's what I wrote about. Right. Yep. You've seen it. Um, Trump was interviewed. He didn't participate in the in the debate. He had his no. own uh, interview with Tucker did you, Carlson. Did you watch it? I saw p- bits and pieces of it. Well, um, so it was crazy to me because i he put it on um what do, what do you call twitter x twitter x twitter, now x, i guess whatever. yeah but he had said oh i only have my own social platform i'm not right. on that platform correct so then when he, they said hey they're gonna put it on here I thought that's interesting but i want to watch the other thing right so i watched the other thing and then it popped up on youtube i'm like right. all right i guess i'll watch it so i've watched both have you watched okay did you, you i've only the, seen bits and pieces because i was doing other things when they were live and i haven't been able to go back and really watch debate, it right? with the debate right did debate. you watch pieces of the other one too or yeah just, okay. so i saw pieces of the interview pieces of the debate you saw them both in their entirety right yep i have a son who's so. going to be voting this year for the first time and i'm teaching Exciting. a civics class okay and i do have a political science degree and this stuff is nice an interesting side hobby um, well, it's anyway. helpful for our listeners to understand because we always talk about your doctorate in discipleship, but I forget you have another degree in political <laughs> and science. And I used to do, I did some work, uh, not a lot of work. I did a little bit of work in political science, and at one point I wanted to be a political lawyer early in my college sure. education. I was going to go to law school to do that kind of work, and really, um, really glad that God had another plan sure. for me. But anyway. Awesome. Well, yeah. Enough with the introduction. Let's dive into these seven warnings. Yep. So you start with Be Humble, Look, which... Let's, let's throw them all out there real quick. Hold on. Okay. Be humble. Don't gossip. Uh, don't turn a blind eye. Yeah. Love your neighbor. Don't assign false hope. Judge biblically and pray. All Perfect. right. So what are you going to say about being humble? I just feel like it was a funny place to start because I feel like the last thing you ever see a politician as is humble. Right. But I'm not talking about the politicians. I want to make that abundantly clear. These are seven warnings for Christians who have to engage in this right. ourselves. So but, we're going to engage with really unhumble but people. But even from a voter perspective, I feel like you always are taking pride in your candidate. You've got his flag out in your yard, signs up, yeah. bumper stickers. How is a Christian supposed to be humble yet share the importance of voting for the candidate they prefer. Yeah. So let's... Okay, so in the real simple reality, recognize that you don't have all the information. Recognize that that um, good ideas can come from bad people. Okay. Right? And bad ideas can come from good people. I think we have to recognize who we are as humans, what the task is, our necessity for God. And so when we stop thinking that everything I think is right and everything they think is wrong, and when we stop going into some of those things, then we have a sense of humility that, you know what, um, 
I, I think it's okay that we fact check even my guy. Sure. And I think it's okay that I, I might not be in the majority, and and other people have to do the same work I'm doing. And so I just want to humbly submit in my own thinking that um, I might not have all the right answers, right. and the candidate that I like might not have all the right answers, and this is a process. And so I think when we when we enter into this humbly and recognize that we have this task, God has asked us to serve our government, on and on and on, we don't get all puffed up about right. it. We don't get such a big head about it. We don't look down on other people, which goes into loving your neighbor, right? There's just yeah, a sense sure. of recognizing you might not have it all together. Well, and you say, uh, fact check your candidate, but in this blog post, you also say, check it against God's word. Correct. 100%. Hey, you know what? This is great, but let's make sure we've got this correct based on what God would have. Right. I think a lot of times we just say, well, does this candidate profess that they're a Christian versus does this candidate's uh, policies and procedures line up with Christian beliefs? And I think sometimes just the way that we talk can really be helpful. You know, I can say, you know, right now I'm really leaning towards this candidate. Actually, right now I'm not. I can't. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> uh, any of us Across do. the board. I'm like, it's a good thing we got a lot of time. But, but I think humbly saying, well, he seems to suggest this or she uh, presented a good idea over here, but I'm not sure how I feel about this area over here this this seemed a little squirrely sure. yeah um, when you talk instead of it's this and it's this and no it, it, this is what I think right now yeah. and this is where I'm at I'm okay to change my mind because that's what we're supposed to be doing right or maybe you're totally all for your candidate still continually being humble and being thankful for those who agree and want to vote for your candidate with you and and being okay to let other people work it's just it's just a sense of like it, it, it's a process right humbly awesome. submit yourself before the process okay that, that's helpful. So the, the first key you say is to be humble. Then you say, don't gossip. <laughs> <laughs> so Define gossip in the election season. I think Christians have a really misconstrued idea of gossip. They think you can't talk about anybody who's not in the room. Sure. Right? But right. I don't think that's true. If I were to say, hey, you know, Bob, he's a really great guy, and, and he did this, and he did that, and wow, what a good, you should think he's a great guy, too. Not in an election, but just in general. He's right. a guy we work with, or whatever, sure. right? No, gossip is when you have this unverified or this spicy information, this sizzling thing that will make, that will ruin the reputation or hurt the reputation. The smoking gun. Of somebody else that you might, may or may not be true, whatever, or puff you up like you have all the information. Look at me, I have all secret information. Sure. So gossip is, is dangerous language, not just talking about situations, but dangerous language that is maybe doing something sinfully like varnishing somebody's reputation. So often I think it's very important, don't just immediately hit share and like yeah. and forward some funny video that they cut everything out of context and there's this other thing there's deep fake stuff there's fake stuff there's out of context stuff like verify yeah. check be slow about it if it's true you can continue to work through it it's not spicy and look at this next thing look how horrible this person is which by the way how how many people let's talk about our current president how many people if they were talking to their grandfather or even to president biden himself would uh, use some of the language they use when they're talking on social media, they're talking back here. Right. It's one thing to say, you know, something maybe inappropriate like, what an idiot, or he's senile. Blah. It's another to say, yeah. humbly, I have some concerns that maybe some of his physical and mental capacities Absolutely. are lacking. There's a different way to talk, right? For sure. On that front, or any of the other candidates. Absolutely. Does that make no, sense? Yeah, I I'm reminded of a uh, you know where we had uh, 
I watched the Southern Baptist Convention uh, this last summer, and I saw a couple pastors arguing a point together. And I was amazed and a little taken back by the one pastor who constantly referred to the guy he was opposing as Mister or as Pastor, or as Doctor So and So. Right? He was using Give titles respect. and respect. Yep. Right? And I, I would contend that in today's world, there is like a social media trap where we just see something and we immediately want to react. Yeah, and, and we don't even stop to look to see if it's real. Sometimes we're passing false information, disparaging information, that's gossip. Right. And we're called not to gossip. Correct. Now, at the same time, you and I can sit and say, well, well, um, so-and-so's record says this or that. We can talk about individuals. You and I are having sure. a conversation about Chris Christie. Yeah. Because I feel like if you only had no, no information about the past, no information about anybody, and you only had exactly what you saw, probably like my son, of the debate, yeah. uh, Chris... Christie, Governor Chris Christie from New Jersey, seemed to be quite a bit more composed than everybody else, quite a bit more relaxed than everybody else. He made yeah. a major point about character when the others wouldn't make it. He was asked a question about the about aliens and transparency and had a good answer. Okay, so just that alone, you go, Wow, that was really how about that? But then you and I were talking and it's it's hard to, to not go back to some of Chris Christie's past record or some of his media stuff. And so you right. have to be cautious not to go, well, blah, 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 if it's gossipy. Right. At the same time, I can say, it's unfortunate that some of his past is what it is because when you look at the way he handled himself in the debate, it was different. Right. Uh, now, we don't only go with the debate. We go with, but that's what I'm getting at. Just the, that gossipy thing is difficult. And I think... Yeah. I think the candidates are loaded with this stuff, and we don't want to we don't want to be passing their gossip on too. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like social media just thrives on gossip and stuff. So I appreciate the, what you say on this blog post about how it's important to exercise great discernment and restraint in what we say and what we pass on. Right. That's yeah, helpful. and what we pass on. That's great. Yeah. The next point you bring up is you say don't turn a blind eye. What do you mean by that? Uh, so John the Baptist called out Herod, mm. who had a moral issue because he had unlawfully. Married, what was it, his brother's wife? Uh, wife, or yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Daughter, I'm on, I'd have to look it up. But yeah, this his is wife. Yeah. The immoral behavior with his wife is what's coming to mind. And uh, and he, that's dangerous. Right? That he, yeah. he's, But he did it on moral ground. And so I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to say that if we have any individuals that are engaged in. Mm-hmm. Um, Sexual activity in the Oval Office will start there and then try sure. to cover it up and lie about it. Sure. That's wrong. Covering up and lying is wrong. If we have individuals who are violating um, laws and covering it up and lying about it, right. that's wrong. And so when we know these things, regardless of which party, right. regardless of who the candidates are, regardless if it might hurt the poll the numbers or help right. the polling numbers, we need to call out things that are that are biblically wrong. Absolutely. I watched, I'll do it I'll do it now. I watched in that debate a couple of the candidates and I, I wish I could remember their names. Uh, the the woman and I want to say is she a governor? Is, is it one? Nikki Haley? Was she the one that was on the debate? Yeah. Um, I'm really sorry. I, I don't have the at this unscripted point, folks. I don't have the time to pay attention to every one of these <laughs> massive no- it's gonna get whittled down. Well, especially because somebody already dropped out. I know. I can't keep up with it and I have to I have to pastor a church and I have to raise a family. <laughs> I don't have time to keep up with all the party business, um, especially when both parties have their own business. Anyway, it was the it was the one lady in the debate, and I forgot her name. And my apologies to I'm you, man. Pretty sure it was Nikki Haley. I think that's right. I'm trying to look it up while we're talking, but I felt like she was very squirrely 
on her answer with abortion. Mm. Okay. But I believe that abortion is wrong. I felt like there were people, so, and I can't remember all the candidates' answers. I felt like um, the older guy from the small town of 300, which I think was a South Dakota governor, uh, he pulled out the Constitution and said, I wouldn't pass a ban on, I wouldn't, as a president, do something, but I think states should do it. But he took a hard position on abortion. Abortion is wrong. Biblically, it's murder. Um, uh, yeah, what's her name? So her Haley, name's Haley, yeah. and uh, she was a former governor and UN ambassador. Oh, that's right. She was. She has and, a lot of that. And then you policy. mentioned another one. Um, uh, this uh, Burgum. Burgum. Is that his name? Governor yeah, Burgum. He. Uh, I'm just looking up his details. He's the governor of North Dakota. Yes, and and so on that particular issue, there was certain position. And just so the point I'm getting at is, even if your your favorite candidate yeah. has is doing something biblically wrong. As Christians, we're not going to line up with the world and just Correct. say, hey, we have to call out. We cannot call evil good and good evil. Correct. We've got to do this well. And a lot of people are telling me, well, it's, it's not that big a deal. It's not going to affect their job. Well, Correct. you know what? Was it that big a deal that it affected his job when John the Baptist called out Herod? Right? <laughs> it it affected cost John, John the Baptist's job. It cost him his head. Absolutely. Well, and you say in here, you say to look the other way when confronted with sin or immorality, especially for political convenience, or to win an election, is to disregard our call to be salt and light in the world. That's right. And I feel like oftentimes we as Christians just want to pick the lesser of two evils. Yep. I, I heard a, I saw a clip from a Glenn Beck interview with a candidate who said, now, can you run a campaign from a jail cell? Like, that should not even be an option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so, that, that's exactly all this. Yeah. We've... If Christians are really going to stand as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, in this election we need to be honest enough and brave enough to not overlook wrong, even if it's for our own candidate, our own party, whatever the case may be. Everybody loves to point the wrongs out of the other party. Yeah. But if you're going to be about that, you better be consistent. Absolutely, for right? both parties. Right, because in addition to not turning a blind eye, you say we need to love our neighbor. Yeah, This one, yeah. <laughs> Which, that can be difficult when you're the two parties seem so divided. I, when I wrote this, I wasn't specifically thinking about the fact that the other candidate is also our neighbor. Right. I didn't think about that, but I was actually <laughs> thinking about the people who are about some of these issues or do have different political opinions, right? The whole reason we do this vote is so that everybody gets to work through the process. Right. And so if we assume that you know all those people are morons and idiots and don't know anything, that's not what Christ called us to do. Well, and I feel like oftentimes as Christians... We uh, just assume that our brothers and sisters in Christ think the same way we do, right. vote for the same political parties that we do, and we forget that there are some differences, and, and we have some opposing I, views on there. I went to coffee today, and I uh, was talking with a brother, and he just outright said, look, I don't sit here, and I don't sit here, and I'm not sure if our politics line up in this way or that way, and, and they didn't. In most areas, they do, but in some sure. areas, they don't. And you know what? It's Okay. In the big scheme of things, right. it's really, really okay. He is my neighbor. He's actually a member in the right. church with me. Absolutely. So you know what? I heard his, and we weren't even talking politics. We were just talking about some other things. But okay, this is where he's at. This is where I'm at. And that's okay. If we're going to love one another, love our neighbors as we yeah. love ourselves, we have to be okay with not pointing a finger. All the other people in the other party are not our enemies. Right. 
I mean, at the end of the day, if we can hold opposing views on end times theology, certainly we can share opposing views on political right. issues. Well, some people can't hold opposing views on end times <laughs> I mean, theology I, they, or creation They become theology. dividing issues, but you make the point of saying the gospel is a message of reconciliation, and our conduct should always reflect that, especially when it comes to our political That's decisions. That's right, especially if we're going to call ourselves Christians and then engage in this. We have to represent God well in this, and, and that's just... That's why it's so important. So we have to love our neighbor, but then you also say we're not to assign false hope. How <laughs> do you, what do you mean by don't assign false hope? That's the other way of saying don't make your candidate an idol. <laughs> don't think. So here's the thing. A lot of, I, I, it bothers me to no end when, I'm going to go the inverse of what you're thinking. When people say, uh, you know, President Biden caused all these problems, mm-hmm. or President Trump caused all these problems, or President Clinton caused all these problems, or President Bush caused all these problems. My goodness, don't give people so much credit. Do you really think one man can do all that? Like, we are really, we give way more credit for the problems. Right. And then we believe there's way more credit the person's going to fix all of our problems. And you know what? We live, in a, we live in a government that has a checks and balances system, that has a legislature, that has a Supreme Court, that has a Congress, that has a political system, that has money. If you think that it's just, like, it's very rare that I've ever seen anybody keep all their promises I've, it's very rare that it's all gone perfect. If I'm the president, I'm going to do... Man, that's some pretty arrogant business, Correct. right? But the point I'm getting at is we ought not to, as Christians, think that our great Savior is in the next president. Correct. That's and ridiculous. You, you touch on that here. You say we must remember that our ultimate hope is found in Jesus. I think we forget that as Christians, that we're only supposed to hope in him, and we look to the government to solve our problems. This guy's going to do the job. This lady's good. If only this... Hold on a second. That's a four-year presidential cycle. Right. Jesus is the kingdom of eternity. <laughs> right. So let's put our hope there. And you know what? He raises up and takes down leaders Correct. as he sees fit. And we might get a good leader, a bad leader. We and That's Nebuchadnezzar. I'm just going through all the lists. Like That's just what it is. I mean, right? and, and obviously we have listeners from around the globe, or at least we might. But specifically here in America, as far as the election cycles go, we've had candidates from both parties in control at various times, and I don't see any of them have fixed all our all problems. problems. <laughs> right. Some might do a little better job in our preferences than others, but you know what? There's an opposing party that even slows them down and sure. both sides. And if this, if, if it's just we need to be aware. We don't want to make Correct. an idol. So then the sixth point you bring up, you say judge biblically. What do you mean by that? We need to be consistent. Okay. Um, how you judge, and that's the statement, the, the measure by which you judge others will be judged against you. Yeah. That's really what, that's Jesus' statement in Matthew 7, right? right? And so not only how you judge will be used against you, but also against your candidate as well. So yeah. so let me give you some examples about that. I'm watching people and I, I, you know, hey, this person deserves to be impeached. Right. But my candidate doesn't deserve to be like, <laughs> oh, they, like, and they both, everybody's, I mean, right. as, I think as long as I've been alive, every right. president has, I think, been impeached. Since Nixon at some right. point, right? It's guaranteed. It's part of the job. This person deserves to be in jail. Yeah, so does probably all these people right. in some way or another. Here, like, Let me give you an example, specifics. I'm watching people go, oh, these, this court case, this court battle, and, and this investigation is a political witch hunt. Okay. Who am I talking I've about? I've heard that. Who am I talking about? I would assume Trump. I've heard that said about Trump. And has it been said about Hunter Biden? Probably. Yeah, see, and probably even Clinton, if I, I can remember back that far. So, yeah. So, what I'm getting at by judge biblically yeah. is use the same standard for everyone. There's no partiality. Jesus said, hey, the church, don't be doing that kind of right. thing. 
if it's true for one candidate, it should be true for the other. It's not true only against the candidate I don't like and not true or vice versa. Right. So as you're assessing every candidate, right. you need to assess with biblical standards, which one of those things is consistency. One of those things is the measure by which you'd want to be assessed. One of those things is measure with the Bible. Right. Judge biblically. Okay, this this person is not functioning in the way that the Bible says leaders should function. Oh, well, he's not running to be a pastor. No, no, no. There's a standard for all people, Christians and leaders. And, and as Christians, we need to judge biblically. I'm not saying you only vote for a Christian. Right. But the Christian standard should lead your judgment, Absolutely. and then the rest of the stuff's going to fall out as it falls out. I feel out. like that would help, too, because as we look at what the bar is for our candidates, it might kind of level the playing field, not to just lower it for the ones we like, but say, and, no, and this then is the standard. It for the ones we, right? we lower it for the one we like, and we raise it for the one we don't it, like and go, good luck. If you had a standard as let's say God's word and said, where do the candidates line up to this? It might change your perspective. You might find yourself voting for somebody you weren't looking at before. Well, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do this year is, is saying I've already, so before all this even started, I kind of set the standards for where I, where I am politically, what I would like to see for our country. And now I'm looking for the people that get closest to that. Right. Plus the biblical standards. Right. And so yeah. that makes it tough. Cause sometimes my favorite people, I started out, we were talking, I, I was like, Hey, yeah. what about this guy? And then I watched the debate and I'm like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you were engaged and you were active. So the last point you bring up is pray, which I feel like is the most important, but you've listed prayer as the last thing. I just thought it made a really good conclusion. Okay. I didn't based, know if these were in order. Or... Well, just based on all of this, you should be yeah. praying that you're able to do all these things, being humble and mm -hmm. not gossiping. And if you're gossiping, ask for forgiveness and pray for the courage not to turn a blind eye and, and pray for your neighbor. And then pray for your ability to love your neighbor. Pray for unity in this in some way or another. Pray that we always are hoping in Jesus. Like it. It's partly that. It's also you should be praying for the leaders appointed over you. And I would yeah. suggest start praying for all these candidates now. Correct. Start praying for the process now. Start praying for those who are on the other side of this thing. Start right. praying for the nation. Uh, if you live in another country and you're just really glad you don't have to deal with this American thing, sure. pray for us because we need and covet your prayers because it's, it's a circus. I feel like <laughs> I find myself praying for my friends in England when there's a coronation. And I feel like my friends in England are praying for us uh -huh. when there's an election. That's what I'm talking about. All right. We need to get so, this right. So and, we, need to, we need to really ground this in God's will for what's happening. And outside of the election season, I feel like that prayer is a great reminder for whoever the winning candidate is. Rather than fighting and saying, well, they stole the election or this or that, or it was fraud or it was a witch hunt. If that's the person that God has placed in the power, let's pray for that person because he is leading and guiding our country. And driving the bus. So don't pray, say, don't pray say for that. the bus driver. <laughs> Rather than say, that's not my president. Maybe we should say, Lord, help my president. Help my president. So. And, and I think that also gives us that humble attitude to do what God has commanded us. I do want to encourage, too. You've been you've been told you need to submit to the government authorities that are appointed over us in Romans 13. And in that, we're asked to vote. We're asked to be a part of this process. So regardless of how you right. feel about the candidates, it honors God to participate in this and want, you know, however yeah. you should do that. So go vote. Pray for the leaders. No, I, and, and hopefully we can get through the other side of this thing alive. Like, <laughs> And that's such a great reminder because not every country, not every citizen has the opportunity to vote or engage in the politics of their exactly. country. And yet I know Christians in my own community who do not vote and do not participate. So this is a great reminder to participate in elections. It honors God by obeying Romans 13. Yeah. And, so, and vote however you're going to vote. Right. Vote, you know, do. But that's one way in which you can be an Absolutely. active citizen of the country that God has put you in and has asked you to submit to. 
And I think that's what I love about this blog post you've written is you don't lean a certain direction or say, hey, this is who you need to vote for, but you definitely give us some guiding principles and some things to consider as we're seeking who God would have us vote for. So if you'd like to look at that blog post again, it's seven warnings for Christians during this election season, and that's at saltybeliever.com. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you do, share it with a friend. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.